Hi, I'm Chelsea Grimes and welcome to What We Could Have Been, a podcast about life's unexpected twists and turns. Thanks to all of you who've downloaded and subscribed to the series so far. It really has. It's been so much fun to share these stories with you guys. And if you've missed any of my previous podcasts with the likes of Dua Lipa, Jade, Premier League winner Mikel Sylvester, Liverpool player, Netherlands player Ryan Babel. We've got some amazing people who I spoke to along this journey. And I just want to say thanks and please keep subscribing to everyone. This week's guest is an actress who's gone from a British soap opera to the biggest TV show in the world, Game of Thrones. But as you're going to hear, that's only half of the story. Talking about serendipity and the whole essence of this podcast, I actually met this next guest on a train back from London to Liverpool where I just signed my first recording contract and I noticed who she was because I'd watched Hollyoaks at the time. Let's get into the story. This is what we could have been with the brilliant Natalie Emmanuel. Natalie, to be honest, let's just start with how are you because I haven't seen you in so long. You glowing? Thank you. It's also this highlighter that I use... (laughs) That helps. No, I'm good, thanks. I think the last time I saw you was at Gay Pride, no, in London. That we was, were. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. You beat me to it. I am going to... Well, I've missed Gay Pride this year because, obviously, we're in a bit of a lockdown pandemic. But where are you right now? Where Are you in London? I'm in London. America? Yes. How yeah. are you finding it? You know, I've, I'm just sort of getting on with it. I feel like... I can't really complain too much. I'm in an incredibly privileged position during this situation. So I'm just, instead of like thinking of all the things that I find frustrating, I'm trying to be like, I'm so lucky compared to most people. So it's not really for me to like complain in any way, but I'm just trying to be like useful where I can and you know just try and be supportive where I can to people who need it so yeah that's yeah what so I'm you, doing. you're getting on with it have you been yeah. working much well no not I mean obviously much. you can't be behind <laughs> the camera but I mean learning any new lines or scripts because well, I've been I, doing I, I think I'm busier than ever oh really oh okay well that's great <laughs> good for you um no I'm Honestly, that's that's great. I mean, people who are still able to work, that's like amazing. So yeah, I have been reading scripts more than anything because when I, when I before just as the lockdown happened, I just finished a job. So I was sort of like I hadn't had anything lined up yet. So I was sort of in the process of meeting for potential new projects, and then all of those meetings got cancelled. And so you know, but listen, it's like it's an opportunity for me to catch up on a lot of the reading that my that like of scripts that my agents have sent and I was busy filming so yeah it's like yeah. I'm sort of trying to use the time productively and you know a lot of these virtual meetings are happening and a bit of voiceover stuff you know like yeah like I'm sort of doing what I can in the in yeah the, no voice you have got a lovely voice actually I, I, I haven't been getting that much voiceover stuff with this uh, accent what are you talking about Liverpool accent is the <laughs> most wholesome accent in the world I don't know what yeah, you mean yeah Marks and Spencers <laughs> like imagine I, I mean no. maybe it could be a new thing maybe it could be a new thing as, um, as you know yeah, I, as, as you know I lived in Liverpool for seven years or something and so it's did. a it's a a city and a community and accent that will always have a special place in my heart 
forever and always. We love you. So. Well, I was <laughs> going to talk about that because I've been starting the podcast with everyone I've spoken to because I, I haven't been going around and getting, you know, production companies to call up people. I've been just asking people who I've met or yeah. I've had experience with who are like super inspiring to me and hopefully people who listen can you know take something away from the podcast because it's really for the people at home as well like you said who are maybe having a really hard time just put it put it on get a bit of inspiration and yeah. also just listen to the journeys because it's been I'm sure yours is going to be an amazing story <laughs> but I've already heard so many but let's start from the beginning so you growing up was acting for you always a thing because I, I don't want to read too much on google and stuff but i did do a little bit of research and okay. he was in lion king i was when i was a little oh. little baba well i was 10 but still yeah <laughs> yeah yes, that's so... another liverpool thing though in liverpool i've got a little sister and i swear when she gets to like 21 we'll still be like the baby <laughs> yeah my cousin turned 28 the other day and I was like, the baby, like he's, you know, well, he's my baby forever anyway. So acting was always on the cards for me in some way. My mum, she really wanted us to have hobbies. And so she wanted us to do like, well, pin in that because she wanted us to have hobbies. Yes. But I was also a very needy child mummy's girl didn't want to leave her ever dropping me at school dropping me at anybody's house family or not like it was just drama for her you know and for me and um I think it was a opportunity for for us to do something that might help us build confidence away from her so like the sort of performing art stuff was initially was was for that for detachment then, issues <laughs> I mean I listen I I am still <laughs> such a mummy's girl and like I haven't seen my mum in about three and a half months and it makes me want to cry it's oh, ridiculous no. I may I'm such a mummy's girl I you know it's not changing but I'm much more independent now <laughs> which is a good thing so it started off as that and then it just became this thing that well my sister and I are both really passionate about and we danced we did singing we did acting and drama classes and you know like my mum wasn't a particular like wasn't particularly like a show mum or like a dance mum or anything she would be like oh they're auditioning for this production of insert show do you want to do it and we'd be like yeah or no or whatever like yeah. she would be very like this sounds fun do you that do you want to have a go and you know it was very like as and when so was, was Lion King though like your first job because that's a pretty it was, b- big job it was like my first kind of proper job if that makes sense I'd done like a couple of commercials when I was like small and cute but yeah, it was like the first sort of like, oh, this is like a professional production and there was a lot of buzz around it because like... Well, it it's was iconic, the fir- isn't it? Well, it was the first production of The Lion King to come to London or come to the UK. So I was in the original cast in London. So there was a lot of buzz around it, like who's going to play the parts, you know? And it was it was pretty cool, really. I mean, I was 10. I, you- didn't re- I didn't really realise how big it was and then my local newspaper like put a picture of me in it and I was like ah, what's going on <laughs> they do. 
<laughs> no, I've watched <laughs> The Lion King uh, like three times. I think I've ah. been, and I love it. I literally love theatre. Like, I didn't think so I was great. like into theatre that much, but okay, when I say theatre, I've been to a few that I've disliked, but Lion King, it's just for everyone. I think it's if you're so into great. it or not. And it's, you I mean, know, the music and everything is just incredible. But the kids, I always watch them and I'm just like, you're a superstars like you're 10 and you're out every night and you're giving it beans and then I, I think you know do they go to school like what what was well, it like being 10 and doing that I so usually what happens I don't know how so much they do it now I feel like they probably have more kids and kids than they used to when we were in it there was like three sets of Simba's and Nala's and they sort of had us on rotation so I had to do a certain number of days at school a week and then I had maybe like one or two days a week where I had to do a matinee so I might have to leave school at like mid-morning and then go do a show but like it, I had but but the thing is is that like my mum was like I don't care that you're doing a show these because you know the 11 plus everyone takes the 11 plus when they're 11 <laughs> or 10 or 11 I was in that year so I was like preparing for the 11 plus so my school were a little like apprehensive of me doing the show and my mum was like sending me to shows basically sending me to work with like practice papers and she'd be like I want a maths paper and a verbal reasoning paper by the time you get home tonight I mean I passed it so it worked <laughs> no on. I can just imagine that in my school it was like if you get off a half a day you're like oh I'm going to the dentist or you know if it, you're like oh just go to I'm going to work <laughs> I'm going to my job at 10 years That's old mad. so mad that is mad Okay, yeah. so so Lion King goes, how long did you do that for until the transition? Obviously, you had a few jobs in between, but what we know you for, or the first time I knew you, was Hollyoaks. So how right. was that? So, yeah, to be honest, like, there was a couple of commercials again. I did, like, I did a couple, I can't remember what for. Well, I do remember what for, but we don't have to go into that. <laughs> I did a couple of commercials, but, like, because by that time I was in senior school, so I, my mum was quite, like, um, strict with how much time, you know, doing this other creative stuff took away from school. So, like, doing a commercial for two days or three days or something wasn't the end of the world. But, like, that TV show in Wales for three months, it's not going not gonna to run. So we did that. We did commercials while I was in high school. And then, like, once I, once I got to, like, 16... Because back then, see, like, I can say things like that now. I can say, like, back then, you could leave school at 16. Like, that was, like... I was with you. Right. That was my year. I know. So now it's, like, you have to be in full-time education until you're 18. And so my mum was, like, obviously, I want you to continue your education as long as you can and want to. But, like, I can't stop you now, like, by law. I can't be, like, no. (laughs) And so... I did my GCSEs, that was sort of like what she wanted for me. It was like, that's like the bare minimum. You can't like leave before <laughs> then. And so I, I carried on in, in my sort of in sixth form at my school. And then after I, just as I was about to take my AS levels, which don't exist anymore, I got Hollyoaks. And then there was this like huge decision to make about whether I was going to continue at school or... <laughs> Did you Move to Liverpool, huh? I mean, did you, did you have a backup plan then? Were you no. thinking, were you just rolling with it? I love that. So you uh, said, well, how old was you then at 17? I was just 17. No, yes, I was just 17. I was like two months, 
been uh, my birthday was like two months before when I got when I started on that 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 job and I I basically was like this is what you want to do you want to be an actor and someone's asked like asking you to do that as your job like full-time so school is always gonna be there And if you were, kids, if you're listening, if you're listening, school's important. School lesson, is important, it, and I still have. Listen, it's always bugged me that I've not finished my A, A levels. Like it's something that's always annoyed me, and that I don't have a degree. Like I know that it's not essential, clearly, always for people to get get higher education, but like it's something that I still want to do, and I, I, I guess I have to make the choice to like carve that out somewhere eventually yeah you know because it's not not easy like it's it's a really it's a really tough thing to do and anyone that achieves a degree or further like is that's like really inspiring to me I'm like wow that's a lot of work so no that's that it's the way I left at 16 as well and it's funny because I lived with like three housemates in London like two years ago and one of the guys his girlfriend come over for dinner and I was talking to her and stuff and she was like oh it's so cool you make music and you write songs I said yeah what do you do and she said oh I've just done a PhD and I was like (laughs) amazing no idea but she was she was like honestly just like in education still and it was it was really fascinating actually I went to sleep that night thinking Maybe I should go and study something again. It is, it's something on the brain. All right, so here we go. 17, Natalie, she's, she's made the move. You're in Liverpool. Did you move alone or was your mum there? No, I, let, I moved alone. <gasps> yeah. Huge news. I spent, so you moved. I spent my first six weeks in Liverpool in the Adelphi Hotel in town. Oh, classic, classic. Yeah, classic Adelphi <laughs> Hotel. We and, love that. Um, yeah, and my, it was quite funny though, my mum dropped me off, she came up with me and dropped me off, and she came up for the weekend, and I was like starting work on the Monday, and she, she's about to like leave to go back on the train back to London, and as we walked out the hotel, there was this couple who were kind of on those steps outside, <laughs> and this, the girl kind of, sorry if there's lots of kids listening, but this girl like kind of did some drugs off of her boyfriend's hand in front of us. And my mum was like, oh, I can't leave my baby here. Like, she was so upset, like, mortified. And even I was like, oh, God, where am I? <laughs> like, it was I know, really I mean, funny. And we were like, when I mean, you it's said funny the Adelphi, now. Go, yeah, it's it is. funny now. When you but... said the Adelphi, I was like, mm, the Adelphi isn't I think the last time I went to the Adelphi it was for some random party someone was having I was quite young yeah. and there was a lot of drug taking going on there I don't do but drugs listen, listen. actually that's one thing but I'm, I'm not judging like obviously <laughs> we know the dangers of taking drugs but like come on I was like but first time I've moved away from home <laughs> ever and I'm like this is like attached to mum at the hip girl and like suddenly I'm in this Plays, I had no idea where, where I was. It was so funny. I mean, oh, I can just imagine that. But it's like, there's a line there, and you're like, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what was that for you like? You know, Liverpool, the city, obviously, we love, we love, but your first working job, and how different is a show like that? You know, a day, is it a soap? Are you classified yeah. as a soap? Holy okay. yeah, so yeah. how's, how's different that? Obviously, now you're mainstream, you're making huge blockbuster films, like. What a journey. I mean... Crazy. It's very... I mean, it is very different. I... I... 
will always, till the day that I leave this earth, defend soap actors because people can be so like snobby about it. And I'm like, that is hard work. It's really hard work. It's long days, you're working every day. I mean, now they, there's more rules in place about how many days you can work and all of that, but it, it's tough. Like you are learning a lot of dialogue. You're having to pull out performances sometimes at the last minute because I don't know, it's raining outside. So now here's the scene where your mum dies. Can you just do that, please? And you're like, oh God, and you have to bring out a performance. And it's hard. I don't, like, listen, soap actors are hard working people. And so, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's really intense. Like it was, it was almost like quite a good training ground for me to sort of understand the like pressure of like, well, being prepared, being able to like, you know, access emotion, you know, and all of that, like it was very intense. And even just understanding things like continuity, like you think like, oh, I'm going to walk over on that line. I'm going to put my jacket on that line. You have to do it the same every time. And you don't have that many chances to get it right because we're shooting a lot of content, like a lot of hours of TV in a week. So they don't have that much time to per scene so you have to be really on your game really and I and I kind of appreciated that training and the and the experiences and I got to kind of play loads of different situations and you know phases for that character and and I was like wow this is this is amazing opportunity and then but then I was like there's a there's a there's a whole big wide world out there and there's all these opportunities that I want to see if I can do them. Because it's really easy when you're in a kind of job that's like secure and you've got regular pay. It's like so difficult to like make that decision because you're like, oh, I know I'm going to be unemployed for a while. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, here you go. So, you know, it was a bit of a risk for me. And but but when you compare something like like a series like, I don't know, like Game of Thrones, for example, to like Hollyoaks, like, I feel like the sort of, the sort of scale of everything is so much bigger and so much, and you have, and I I felt maybe just with Game of Thrones because that was such a specific thing. Like, we just had more time to do the scenes. Like, sometimes we would spend a whole day just on one scene, which, you know, is something I hadn't experienced really before yeah so I was gonna say because yeah. with Hollyoaks like you don't have the time that's what I was gonna say is it may be sometimes harder because you know you have to get you know it's coming out tomorrow or I don't know the next week or whatever but you said you're doing it every day where as like yeah you just said a day on a scene yeah because there'd be, there'd be really long scenes with loads of people in them and they're in these big grand sets and with all these big grand landscapes and it's like you have to you know, you have to get it and like make it yeah. like the, one of the things that was so beautiful about Game of Thrones was the attention to detail and, you know, the way that they really gave you time with the characters and with the stories and with the situations that they were in. So that was like a huge thing. Like I suddenly was surrounded as well by like sets that have like 500 people on them or 400 people on them. You're like, this is for this one scene? And they're like, yeah. 
Were yeah. you a fan already of the show then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah a huge fan. I- I'm going to tell you something now and you're going to judge me and I'm never oh. going to see you again, but I haven't finished Game of Thrones. Oh, that doesn't... I don't care about that. <laughs> okay. It's so funny because every every person that says I haven't seen Game of Thrones or I haven't seen it all or whatever, they think that they're the only person and I'm like, do you know so how big. do you know how many people say this to me? Like as ma- as many people that say, oh my god, I love Game of Thrones. I would say just as many, maybe slightly less, but not that much. Just as many go, oh, I've not oh. seen it. And um, I'm not alone. You're not alone, and I'm not. I'm not judging you. It's okay. <laughs> maybe you know you'll find it in the future. Maybe not, and that's okay. You know. <laughs> therapy with Natalie Emanuel I love it so you're already a fan of the show talk me through that firstly because I guess for me as a songwriter that'd be like me being a massive fan of Lady Gaga and then going and writing a song with her like next week that would be pretty amazing for me but for you you know you already knew all the characters and all that actually you know what I do want to ask how did it even happen what was the audition process like for you so what was the audition (laughs) process so at this time I was probably a couple of years out of Hollyoaks very much unemployed, working in retail, in the Liverpool one. No way! Yeah, I was working in there, and I had been watching Game of Thrones every week when it was on, and I was obsessed with the show, and I would phone my agent in London, and I'd be like, Joe, there's this show, it's so great, like, if there's ever anything that's, for me, like, I'm right for... Because let's be honest, there wasn't that many people that looked like me in the show. So I was like, you know, if there's ever anything, like, just keep an eye out. Like, I would literally phone her pretty regularly. Although she said she doesn't remember this, but I'm like, oh my God, I literally remember just like phoning you and being like, did you see Game of Thrones? And she was like, what? No. And um, anyway, and then I saw a breakdown for Missandei eventually and... I phoned her, I was at my job, and I phoned her, and we weren't allowed to be on our phones at work, and I just phoned her anyway, because I didn't care, and I was like, Joe, I was like, Joe, and she, before I could even say it, she went, I've seen it, you've got an audition on Wednesday, and I was like, yes, and then I, did you know inside? That it was your call and over you just were you shitting yourself like I what was, was the vibe now, I was, then i was terrified i was terrified of, of it because i was like this is your favorite show and you're like trying to get on it and what if you get it and then mess it up it's, it's your fault do you know what i mean i was like oh my god so i was really nervous and like you have to sort of the psychology of that is like you can totally sabotage yourself if it's something you really want so i had to just like go home and like prepare and um, it was actually amazing because I researched the character because I hadn't read the books at this point. I'd started reading the books after I'd watched the first season, but I was like not quite at the point when the Sunday appeared in the book. So I went and researched her and I basically just like did loads of work. And I thought, oh, what if they want me to do a sort of Summer Isles accent, which is where, you know, the sort of part of the world that, that she's from. And I said, oh, maybe I'll just try something. I'll just, like, make up an accent. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) but my agent was adamant. She was like, no, 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 they just want it, you know, mostly kind of just your natural accent, RP or whatever. You do the whole whole audition in Scouse. (laughs) Could you imagine? I should have. What was I thinking? 
don't uh, think you would have got it. But. I probably that's that's a little bit re- regional, regionally. That was a bit more like Northmen, like the North. You know, yeah. they sort of mirror that in um in the show. Like the guys at the wall t- tended. To, there was a, yeah. a couple. I definitely have memory of, of some scousers in the show from uh yeah. from uh yeah. We like him. The North. Yeah. So go on. But yeah, so so I I go into the audition, like being told that, no, they just want your natural accent, it's fine. So I was like, okay, cool. And I do the audition. And they were like, oh yeah, great, cool, cool, that was really nice. And they were like, so we think there might be a chance that Missande might have a sort of like accent. And I was like, "Ah." (laughs) well, here I am. Oh, really? Oh, really? I hadn't thought of that. But I had. And so I did it again, and then they were like, oh, cool, great. And then, basically, didn't hear anything for five weeks. So I just assumed I hadn't got it. And Because uh, not a lot of the time, when you do an audition, you might get a recall within a day or two, maybe three. But after a week, you're like, oh, that went away. And that's sort of what happens. Yeah, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like dating. If someone doesn't text you for five weeks and you've had a date with them, you're like, oh, that's not happening then. Yeah, you're like... You know? I'm not, you know, I've kind of, it's kind of forgotten about it, to be honest. Yeah, and so, I'm on to the next one. Yeah, and then uh, basically I was walking home with shopping. I'd just been to Tesco's. My agent phoned me, she went, you got it. And I was like, what? Because I'd also auditioned for this commercial, this advert for something. And I was like, oh, cool, great. And she was like, no, Game of Thrones. And I was like, oh. And I like cried a lot that just gave me goosebumps yeah it was a lot it was it was emotional because as well like I was so miserable at that time just in a in a job like I mean listen I'm a grafter like I will do whatever's got to be done to pay the bills but I was so not being fulfilled in in my soul (laughs) although I can fold very well now um (laughs) I definitely learned a lot from that job good on the tills (sighs) on the um yeah yeah (laughs) I was very good at folding things and tying it, you know, and cleaning things. Like, I g- gained a lot of skills and personal, you know, sort of customer service. I got good at that. But I was just not being fulfilled in my soul. And yeah. So it was just so- such a validating thing. Because when you've not worked for a long time as well, you're like, oh, can I even do this anymore? Am I even good? Oh, I'm just can't yeah, be good. You know, you start to of question course. it. So. No, I was going to ask, I was going to ask, has there ever been a moment? Obviously, this podcast is called What We Could Have Been. So I was going to go on to say, you know, if, you know, you never got that call and you was feeling like that, there's a lot of people there who just stop and go the opposite direction. But, you know, again, this podcast is about letting everyone's story come to life and, and show that, you know, obviously you never gave up and stuff. But if it never happened... Did you have a plan B in that moment well, to retail? Were honestly, you thinking? I was looking at prospectuses for schools to so go back to school. Okay. And I was going to, I was looking at doing like finishing my A-levels and going to university, just doing it later, you know. And so that was like on the cards at that time. I was sort of like having certain discussions with my mum. I was like, maybe I can do this. I've got this amount of savings. Maybe I can become a student again and that was what I was going to do what I would have done with that education I don't know yet although I'm a bit of a history nerd and I loved history at school so I feel like I would have maybe done a degree in history I still might do a degree in history 
but I don't know what kind of history yet. So, yeah, so I probably would have gone and done something to that effect. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good backup plan. But I, guess. But I, but okay, I don't know so... what career I would have done, you know. I've, yeah, it's a Yeah, bit... it's a strange one because I, ne- I didn't really get that far because I never really thought, what, what else could I do? <laughs> I'm sure I would have <laughs> found something. Yeah, of course, of course. You, like you said, you're a grafter, so it, you would have you would have figured it out. But what yeah. I did want to ask as well, are you the more people I've been talking to, you know, the most talented people I've been finding a real thread that everyone's a bit of an introvert, you know, as much as they're an extrovert, like a lot of them are. So I wanted to ask you, because when I walk into a studio, I'm like, Hello, what's going on? How are you? Nice to meet you. Oh, this just happened to me and I just bleh, like <laughs> to everyone I can talk to the door. But when you're going in, okay, so you've got the job. I'm trying to like just beat you at the minute. You've got this Game of Thrones job. You're turning up to set your first day. Are you f- excited to be meeting people or are you nervous? <laughs> are you one of them like, I'm going to be left alone to eat? I'm not, like, what's the So like? I am like most of the other people you have obviously spoken to, and I, care, I am an introvert. And I can, like, while I as I've got older, I've gained confidence in sort of talking to people and just having confidence in being me. I battle with shyness quite a bit. Like I can find myself being very insular and I'll be in a room full of people and be like, I can't speak. Why can't I speak? (laughs) And actually there's a moment, there was a moment before my first day of filming, which was the table read of season three. And um, I walked into the room and I basically just like froze in a corner and like basically all the main cast are coming in like Kathleen <laughs> Stark and you know everyone's walking in Amelia walks in everyone walks in and I was like ah, ah. like these are people that I like think are amazing and Natalie. it was so intense and then actually it was lovely Finn Jones who had done a little stint on Hollyoaks. And so I'd met him on Hollyoaks like a number of years before. And I think he, I don't know if he maybe picked up on how terrified I was or he just saw me and was like, hi. He was like, I was like, hello. (laughs) He was like, oh, let me. And he basically just kind of like pulled me out of the sort of cage of fear I was in. And I found my seat and um, yeah, and I was terrified the whole time. And then everyone was so nice. Like after the read through, John Bradley West, who played Sam, was like, do you want to come for a pint with us? And I was like, yeah, I don't drink beer, but go okay, on, sure, go on then, I'll come. And then we went, um, oh. so we went for a pint. And a, I love that. And a, probably a wine back then. So Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, what's your, what's your tipple now? What, what do you drink? I don't. I don't. You don't drink at the no. moment. No, I've cut. I've cut down from from gay pride. When you see me that time, I've definitely calmed down a bit. I'm getting older now, aren't I? So trying to be a little bit more sensible. But I had um, a sort of like gradual kind of. I tend to not drink when I'm working, and then like because I've been so blessed with jobs and they've got closer and closer together, I would just go for really long periods of time without drinking, and then. When I did drink again, I'd just feel horrendous. And I was like, yeah, oh, it's not worth it. I felt so much better when I didn't. So, <laughs> well, like I said, you are glowing. Well, you thanks, are glowing. babe. I, like I said, it's this, I'll tell you about it. I'll text you the, the glow, the Do glow please. I need thing. It. I need it. Okay, yeah. so we've got to mention the other 
huge, I mean, small, messing, the biggest thing what I've watched growing up. And I don't drive, so it's quite ironic. I don't drive. Do I don't drive, babe. I'm in car movies oh about, God. and I don't drive a car. It's ridiculous. I was going to say, do you, think, do you like have to be able to drive to be in that film? Like, no. But we are talking about Fast and Furious, by the way, people, if you've been living under the rock for forever. Yeah. It's just, you know what? I just want to say dead quick as well. Like, I'm just so proud to even know you. And I, I, you're so inspiring to me. Like, Thank I just, you. honestly, people... We, we hung out years ago and she's the sweetest, nicest person. We had a boss time. I met you on a train. With your I think mom. I performed. Yeah, my mom. She's going to love you. She's got a mention on the show. Woohoo. Yeah, we've got we a mention mums, I, like, We've got her. We've got her. I love you, Maria. People. I love you. <laughs> but yeah, we did. We met on a train because I think I performed at like a charity event on Hollyoaks or something like that. And then I saw you on the train. We got chatting and then we stayed in touch. And from that moment there to now, like I said, my friends love Game of Thrones. They're obsessed. So I watched it with them. And then you popped up and I was going, that's me, mate, Natalie. And they were like, yeah, all right. And I was like, no, it is. It's, she's from Hollyoaks. And they were there to Google it. And then they were like, fucking hell, yeah, she is. And just, you are just so inspiring. So Thank I just want to say that before we talk about Fast and Furious. So yeah, talk me through it. Wow. I don't, uh, like, that was a, that came out of nowhere in a sort of like the the opportunity was like any other audition at that time like after I had one series of Game of Thrones had been aired I basically was starting to get auditions come through for American projects and I'd been given been given all of these auditions to put myself on tape so I was in my mum's house at the time auditioning and putting myself on tape and you know and I just, that was just one of the tapes that I'd been sent at any given time. And I was like, oh, that would be a cool one. Because, I mean, as much as I hadn't necessarily kept up with the entire series, I definitely saw the original movie and I thought it was uh, so cool. And, like, I just loved the, like, diversity and inclus inclusivity of it. And I was like, those movies are sick. Like, I, you know, that would be a really good one. And then I, they sort of sent, I sent back a tape and they were like, oh yeah, that was, that was cool. And then they sent me another couple of sides to try, uh, audition scenes to do. And when I you, when you say tape, when, when you say tape, what, what is that? Because pe people who don't Oh, know so like, like a self-tape is like, I, I just, wh where I would usually go into an audition and there'd be a casting director filming me, I would just read it with like, my sister or my friend or okay. my and they and we'd film it on a camera or now I just do it on my phone Amazing. but yeah so you just do the audition or your version of that scene with someone you know someone that's not a casting director and then you send it and then the casting directors watch them all or Amazing. or not depending on how many they get I'm sure they get. <laughs> yeah but um so they so yeah so I, I sent that back in and then they sent a couple more scenes for me to try and I did that and then I had a screen test they wanted me to come out for a screen test but it was also a bit of like up in the air because the when they wanted to film Fast and Furious 7 Game of Thrones season 4 would have been shooting around a similar time and while that doesn't necessarily mean you can't do do both, a lot of the time, like, it can be really difficult to sort of fit schedules around one another. So people tend to not even want to get in that situation. And um, anyway, so it turned out that 
you know, they, I got the job, like it was crazy. Like I, it was literally insane. And I had to do a screen test with Vin Diesel. Oh, Me. Come on. Come like, on. I had to walk into this room and be like confident and like I own this. Again, I mean, I know, I mean, he's a very lovely man. Like I know that now, but obviously I don't know. I didn't know this man. He's just this like movie star. And your like perception of that. You had to do a scene with him. It was really. Imagine if he, even if he's just like, hey, you'd just be like. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Like this is intense. And it was a lovely experience. He was very warm, made me feel really welcome. And everyone was really like happy I was there. So. You know, I feel like I had to meditate beforehand, though. I had to, like, get myself in a sort of headspace where I was like, you're boss and you, you can do this. You are a bad bitch. Come on, Natalie. I had to. Yourself, no, girl. literally. I was like, okay. Yeah. And so I did that. And then they, I found a couple of days later, they were like, yeah, no, you got the job. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And then the, like, scheduling thing between the two projects then became an issue and I was like oh my god I mean lovely situation to be in after being unemployed for so long I was like wait there's Bold like clothes there's like two jobs this is crazy but imagine that like literally you're still walking through town like you know with your bags and then you like think oh yeah in like a year's time I'll be choosing between Fast and Furious or Game of Thrones I mean, like that is crazy. I'm sorry but come on crazy That's I could like even now when I think about it I'm like what I, I just yeah it's amazing but but basically from what I remember from that time I kind of had to it was it was looking like I couldn't do Fast and Furious for a moment it was actually Vin that really fought for me and was like we need to make this work and really make and they made it work and so yeah for about three months I was flying between Atlanta and wherever we were shooting Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I, I want to say, I want to say, like Croatia, or somewhere like that. So, so you li- did you do a good stint then, living in Croatia for like the whole time uh, filming, or was it back and forth? It was really back and forth. So I'd maybe do like a two weeks in Atlanta, then I'd fly back and do a week in Croatia, then I'd fly back for a week in Atlanta, maybe ten days, and then I'd go back and do a f- five days in. You know, it was really back and back and forth. Were you not tired? Does it, like, people, I know my friends, they're always, like, when I say, oh, I'm shattered, you know, my friends are like, oh, you haven't even got a proper job, Georgia, and I'm like, honestly, it's draining (laughs) to think sometimes and speak, like, acting is a tiring job, right? Yeah, I mean, of course it was tiring, you know, just, even just taking a flight is exhausting, but when you're doing several flights in a really short period of time, it, it takes it out of you, because just the experience of going through one airport, is a lot because you're interacting with so and many people. What about the characters? Yeah, like, the characters are completely different. Like, so different. So yeah, that must be. It was. Well, it I was, don't know. A bit of a. It was crazy. I had. There were times when I was like, "Wait, which way? Am, what plane am I on? Where am I going? Okay, yeah, I've got a plane on the Sunday at the other end, and not round. <laughs> yeah, you're going into Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. dog, can I get that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, no, Natalie, Valerian, no. <laughs> Not tech, not no tech way. talk. <laughs> so did you, did you learn any driving skill while you were shooting Fast and Furious? Not no. at all. No. No. Oh. I knew ha- Listen, I just want to clear this up. I just want to clear this up. I actually learned how to drive when I was seventeen, and and I was doing driving lessons in Liverpool, 
And then right before I was like ready to like take my test or I was probably like a few more lessons away before he was like, yeah, 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 we, you can go in for your test. I basically got really busy at work and I was in every day, all day. And I just was like, I just can't, I don't have time anymore. And I, and when I, then I was just busy and then, yeah. And then I never really got an opportunity to like go back again. And then I left Hollyoaks and then I was like, broke you and I was like it's expensive it. and I was like trying to just pay the bills let alone like do driving do lessons drive? yeah I'll do it I'll do it eventually <laughs> it's funny because I don't know why but I find like people judge it a bit especially when I see on Instagram and people are posting memes like oh they don't even drive so one time I'm not gonna lie I did lie on a date and I, as soon as I said it I panicked and then we ended up dating and I had to kind of reel out that I didn't drive <laughs> It was one of them. She was like, so, yeah, do you drive? Or something. She was talking about the car, and I just went, mm, and drank me drink. And then I thought, Chelsea, you've just lied already. Why have you done that? And then, like, about a month went by, and she said something like, oh, do you want to just take me car there? And, and I was like, mm, I'm not that hungry. And then I, I had to say, you know what, I did lie there. <laughs> well, do you know what? Like, so, I, I have, like, for the last however many years, I've lived in London, and... I, like who wants to drive in London I mean I know lots of people do but I like I'm such a walker I love I love the London underground like I do I think it's just like amazing it's a blessing. and it's such a blessing and I I like in my part of London I've got a huge bus station so it go I can go anywhere like really easily and I just like I have I, it's laziness it is partly laziness <laughs> it's partly just like I've got this period of time where I'm not working what do you want to do with that time do you want to like reconnect with the people that you love or do you want to go and do an intensive driving <laughs> course I know what I'm gonna do so it's partly yeah. I it's partly laziness it's partly like we could maybe do it together we, we could pick out a few weeks of the year and once you're free and I'm free we could we could go yeah. and learn how to drive like I do I, I do know how to operate a car I just can't do it legally and I won't do it until I can legally. <laughs> That's what I said to the girl after I admitted that I couldn't. Well, I can drive, I just don't have a license. But, but I did have a car that had L plates on for quite a few years. And so I could drive okay. with like my best friend in the driving, in the, in the passenger seat <laughs> who had a full license. So I used to drive myself around places in Liverpool, but I, but I just never did it. Fully. That's all right. You don't need to go. know anyway, do you? No, Especially but I, I should. We all drive horses. I feel, right. I feel like <laughs> I should, as just like an adult person, maybe acquire that Same. skill. Well, like I said, maybe we can both learn together because I do yeah. need a bit of a push. Last, last question. I feel like I've learned so much already. Honestly, so so nice to see you, babies. Well, but last thing, what is next for you? What what have you? not achieved apart from driving which you would like to to do you know to do next when you see yourself in 20 years what's what's life looking for you i know that's a very big question oh no no well hopefully i will still be acting but and it's something that i've sort of dabbled in a little already and i'm trying to continue to do and maximize on is producing so I made a short film a couple of years ago that was sort of like, in a way, like a sizzle for 
a wider full feature movie. So at the moment, I'm trying to put that together now. And um, hopefully I can start producing more movies and kind of getting some stories made that I'm interested in and feel like the world should see. And yeah, so it's trying, I'm trying my hat as a Behind producer. Because it's hard. We just had to produce this short film that we shot over three and a half days. And you have to like take care of people that are on your set. <laughs> like it's insane. Like the we were on location for a lot of it. And you know, just having a power supply, that's really important. Yeah, you don't think of that. <laughs> Where'd you plug the kettle in? You need it. You need a power supply. You need where's the nearest bathrooms for the 30 people that are working on your set right now? Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had a whole, I mean, just, I was actually, when I did that short film on the following Monday, I flew back to Belfast to shoot something on, I can't remember what season I was doing. Oh, it might have been, no, I can't remember what season it was of Game of Thrones, but I basically walked onto set and was like, thank you to all of the producers, like the location people, the people that book your transport, the people that book your hotel. Like I was doing all of these jobs and I realized that like the sort of logistics of any set is really complicated and it gave me this. And that's before you even talk about like financing or talk about like renting equipment, all of that, like it was just like, I turn up to set, there's a lovely little table with like biscuits on and tea bags and, and I'm like, yeah, of course there is. And I just realised that someone's gone through a lot of, like, work to make sure that, A, we have, like, water and power. And, <laughs> like... And toilets. And now toilets. Now I will never watch anything on TV ever again. I'll just be thinking, wow, there's a lot of people in that cast. I wonder where they go to the toilet. Well, when you're in the middle of, like, a field... Or you're in an abandoned castle in, the, in Northern Ireland with there's no, it's just like a kind of, I guess, a ruin. Yeah, where are the toilets? Someone has to hire them and bring them there. So, like, it's amazing. I mean, I, I really don't want to, I mean, it's funny, but it's actually really important that there are so many people and moving parts on a set before I even show up and do my bit. You know, and it's like, it gave me this whole kind of appreciation and like respect for the, you know, for every single department that you have on any set. And so like I did that for three and a half days and I've never been more stressed in my entire life. And so the idea of like moving into full feature, I mean, it's a lot to even wrap your head around, but the, the sort of satisfaction, the fulfillment of like making something and creating something you know that's yours is really satisfying and it was just so amazing and like that's just something that in 20 years time wow I hope that I get to sort of portray characters still that I can also be behind giving other people a voice and giving other people opportunity and you know maybe maybe see what, what what's going on there but yeah well, you sound like one of the busiest people, so I feel like I've took up a lot of the time, but that's been amazing to catch up. I've missed you, you loads. Okay, love. Well, thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> no worries. 
so what a journey Natalie's been on. You know, from working in Liverpool L1 to going on to becoming one of the stars of the biggest series, biggest shows in the world, Game of Thrones. I think if you're not walking away from that inspired, then I don't know what's going to do it for you guys. I felt inspired listening to her. And um, hopefully I'll see it again at another Gay Pride. Hopefully we'll be able to have a few more drinks. Guys, please keep reviewing and subscribing to the podcast if you did enjoy it because we want to keep this going and keep it spreading. So thank you so much for listening. This is what we could have been and I'll see you next week.